Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We're at Chapter 1, Paragraph 14, Parak Aleph, Mishnah Yudalit in Season 2, Pirkei Elvis, Treasury of the PAL with Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We have reached one of my favorite Mishnas in the entire Pirkei so please pay close attention and see what we could do with this Mishnah. It's all about seizing the day, taking responsibility for your actions, and making sure you do that now and not later. Who Hayomer? He would say. Who would say? Hillel would say. If I am not for myself, me, Lee, who will be for me? ma'ani. And if I am for myself, what am I? And if not, now, when? Such a small Mishnah, but such a powerful Mishnah. So each phrase is worthy to be talked about from today until tomorrow. But let's see what the comments say and what we could think about as well. If I am not concerned for my own spiritual health, going back to the first statement, who will be concerned for it? No one can fulfill the com- com- comments and commandments on my behalf, Rav and Rashi explain. Rambam and Rav Yona exp- interpret this as expressing the advantage of self-motivation over external inducement or coercion. If one is not motivated, no outsider can bring him to his maximum potential. Many stimuli exist which prompt man to address his physical needs, hunger, thirst, and desire, but a few of the ways in which the body demands attention. However, the needs of the soul may be forgotten unless one places them on his agenda and keeps them in constant focus. So we have to make sure that we are doing what we can and we are taking care of ourselves because no one else can really take care of ourselves. We have to make sure we take care of ourselves. Man enjoys free will. His destiny is in his own hands. And let's see what the bottom says. Who should know better? The Dubno Magad illustrates this with a parable. Two young men were arrested for theft and brought before the same judge. One of them was from a family of rabbis and scholars, and the other one was from thieves. The judge imposed a harsher sentence on the son of the rabbis and explained, your crime is worse, but you grew up surrounded by great role models. For you to act as you did shows an unforgivable degree of moral corruption. The other thief did not know better. Perhaps a taste of a jail cell will teach him a lesson. So to a sinner cannot absolve himself because of illustrious lineage. That very list of distinguished forebears is his condemnation. Man often loses sight of his priorities. While we all recognize the importance of developing our relationship with God and plumbing the depths of his Torah, we feel the pressure of making a living, providing for family, and this becomes our primary occupation. In truth, however, income is predetermined and Torah does not really affect our earning power. See what Nida says. Gemara Nida. Man's sustenance is decreed on Rosh Hashanah, and Beitza explains, and nothing he can do changes that. On the other hand, success or failure at spiritual pursuits completely depend on a man himself, and the degree of success is proportional to the effort expounded. Hence, the mission instructs us to reorder our priorities regarding matters of the spirit. We should believe ourselves to be in full control of our efforts. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? However, when it comes to earning a livelihood, sustenance is completely in God's hands. And if I am for myself, thinking my efforts earn my living, what am I? It's the only the full and open hand of God that provides for me. If I am for myself, what am I? The chasm between my accomplishments and my duties is so great that it makes my accomplishments seem significant. Rav and Rashi explained, Rav Yonah says this shortfall as a consequence of man's intrinsic inclination for evil. He offers the parable. A king told his sharecroppers that anything over 30 bushels was theirs to keep. 
but they're only producing five bushels. When the king questioned the small yield, they countered, we work diligently, but the field is in fear and can yield only five bushels. Still, too, man in have inhibited, excuse me, by his Yet Sahara has unlimited spiritual capability. Even with his free choice, his accomplishments will never attain the level his duties demand. Still, God rewards man for his efforts in combating these built-in limitations. Meiri says, if I am concerned only with my physical needs and designs and are, am not involved in protecting my spiritual welfare, what significance is my life? And Medjushmul says, this is a call to outreach. While man must make his own spiritual journey, he may not ignore the spiritual welfare of his fellow Jews. If I am only for myself, what am I? And we know that we're all responsible for one another. If not now, when? A very famous phrase comes right from Pirkei Elvis, right here. The opportunity to provide for the soul is only in the present. The world is like Friday. The world to come is like the Shabbos. We're going to talk about that Mishnah coming up in a little while also within Pirkei Elvis. Only if one prepares food on Friday will he have provisions for the Shabbos. Avodah Zara 3a. Once, once time in this world is up, he can no longer do any mitzvahs and no longer do any good. If not now, when? Rashi and Rav. One must work on the development of character while he is still young. Traits are in there and they get worse and worse as a person gets older and older. So you have to work on them while you're still young. As he grows older, he becomes set in his ways more and more set in his ways, really. And his negative traits become entrenched more and more. At that stage of life, it is much more difficult to redirect himself. Man is like a tree that grows crookedly. While the tree is young, one can redirect its path and make it grow straight. But once crookedness has set in, in more ways than one, it is nearly impossible to rectify. Thus, the question reads, if not now, if one does not repent and do better while he is still young and flexible, when will he do so? Rav Yonah and the Rambam. Also, Rav Yonah says, do not put off your spiritual pursuits for tomorrow on the assumption that you'll have time then, because you... I forget the wording, but there is a phrase also in Perkevus that says, don't put it off for tomorrow what you can do today, because maybe you won't have the time tomorrow. You may find yourself as busy tomorrow as today. Furthermore, the spiritual progress you could have experienced today is irretrievable. And the sages say the term, and now, from Deuteronomy, is indicative of repentance. The evil inclination says to a person to procrastinate, preventing him from seizing the moment and putting the spirituality in order. The inner voice says, tomorrow, when you're in the proper frame of mind, you'll turn over a new leaf. Tomorrow, you'll do better. Tomorrow, you'll learn Torah. Tomorrow, you'll do performance. Today is just too much for you. In this fashion, man pushes off his opportunities for a tomorrow that never comes. You have to do what you can today. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. You never know what's going to have tomorrow. Time is not a continuum. Every moment is special. Every moment has a special task for which it is uniquely suited. Do not put off tomorrow when you have the moments now. Every moment is a now that has never existed before and will never exist again because tomorrow and the next day have their own opportunities and challenges. You have to seize the hour and what you can do at that time because if not now, when? And the, the story at the bottom says, when visiting the Rebbe of Lublin, Rav Dov Bear of Radajitz would waken those who him, with whom he shared lodgings with the fallen cry, wake up, my brothers, a guest you've never seen has arrived. Once he leaves, you'll never see him again. Who is the guest, they asked? And the rabbi said, today, the guest is today. Valuing time and making maximal use of its difference between, is the difference between ordinary and great people. Rav Ruven Zelig Bengis, Rav of Jerusalem, would review the Talmud regularly, completing it in its entirety every five months. And generally, he celebrated with cake and drinks. Once, though, he asked for a lavish seum and explained the seum is for a special seder that I maintain during unscheduled waiting periods. People tell me 
to be ready for a bris at 8 a.m., but they don't come for me until 8.15, or they ask me to come to a wedding at 6.30, and it doesn't start till 7. What would we do? We would pull out our phone and waste time, but this rabbi used every one of those minutes. I have a special setter to review the Talmud during those special moments, those waiting periods, and I've just completed shots with that time. That use of usually wasted time is worthy of a special celebration. Rabbonim of Peshitzcha saw the same message in the verse, and from the tribe of Zohar came those who knew the wisdom of time. By hearkening to the call of the Mishnah and valuing the precedence of time, the tribe of Zohar was able to achieve the wisdom of Torah. So I am for myself because no one else is for me. But I'm not just for myself. I am for others. I'm here to do good for others, especially for God and for the Jewish people to make the world a better place. And if you don't do it now... When are you going to do it? This Mishnah is key. Remind, remember it and take it with you. And join us next time as we move over to number 15, Ted Vav in Perak Alf on the PAL with Tani G and I'm your host, Tani G.